This is Paul Schneiderman today on the 49th edition of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio. I have as a special guest today Matt Biondi. Matt is a Seattle area resident, currently president of Biondi Media. Matt has worked as a sports TV anchor and sports reporter in Seattle and many other U.S. markets. Matt's also been a sports radio host. Before I go further with this interview with uh, my friend Matt Biondi, I want to go over some housekeeping things here at Rainer Avenue Radio. I want to recognize uh, my engineer today, Daniel Billis. Daniel is also the host of the Fresh Juice Show at Rainer Avenue Radio. We have a lot of good things going on in our sports department. We have shows hosted by Rick Dupree, Granville Emerson, and Renault Laurent host a great show, Lidline Sports. Mazvita Marari is the host of Seattle Sports Weekly. Pat McCarthy and Mazvita also co-host a show on the Seattle Metro Sports League. Mark Bryant has a fitness-based show, Fitness Corner, and Juan Cotto and Mike Cobrizi also host a sports show here. So lots of stuff going on in our station, the sports department, other departments. Um, a little more on Matt Beyond. Matt is, um, as I mentioned earlier, is president of his own media company. He has a wealth of experience as a sports radio and TV man in many U.S. markets. Uh, Mark, I think Matt has seen about everything in the sports broadcasting industries. Uh, Mark worked at Sales Cairo TV at one time, any other... Um, companies in different U.S. media markets. Matt is a graduate of Washington State University in communications. Uh, Matt's a single father of uh, two lovely daughters that he's raised. I want to tell a little funny story uh, with the listeners that I think listeners might get a little kick out about the tie that you and I have, Matt. So back about the 2011 era, there's this local store in Seattle, copy store in Madison Park, and they have one of those community bulletin boards. And, you know, there's dentists that have cards, massage therapists, Realtors, what the heck? I'll be the tacky lawyer and put up a card. You know, there's always a stigma when lawyers do a little <laughs> advertising. So I put up a card there. Just, you know, you never know who's going to call. You never know what's going to happen. I figure, what the heck? And I get a cold call from you, Matt. And I knew I was familiar with your work in the in the industry. Turned out we know a lot of mutual people. And Yeah, you're a Roosevelt uh, guy. Roosevelt guy. check guy. Yeah, so yeah. So Northeast Seattle guys. So it was, it was uh, a great cold call. And we ended up doing some business together. And so I guess the little sermon on my monologue is don't be afraid to put up a business card, a bulletin board, and don't be afraid to make a cold call. Absolutely. And I, I guess maybe I credit my drive to break stories was the reason I probably kept hounding you, right? I mean, I probably was more than one phone call. Well, I get a lot of calls from vendors, and I try to be respectful to everybody. But you and I just clicked on the phone mm-hmm. real well, and it's just fun that, you know, about eight years it was, or so, absolutely. we've been friends, and now in uh, May of 2019, mm-hmm. I get you on my Rainer Avenue radio sports show I'm trying to do. So I really appreciate you up to my uh, daughter's uh, high school graduation party, and... And had a blast with that, and so it's great remaining true friends. No doubt about it. I was honored to be a, a, a invited at your great daughter's uh, high school party a few years back. Well, Matt, today we're going to have a conversation about your career. We're definitely going to hit on sports, sports industry, broadcasting matters. Not getting into everything. We only have 27 minutes, but uh, thanks for being here. And, um, Matt, so you grew up, as I mentioned a minute ago, in Seattle's northeast Seattle area. You went to Blanchett High School. You were a football player. And you got a communications degree at Washington State University. The Merle School there is terrific. Why don't you tell us how you got the broadcasting media bug as a youngster growing up? So when I was about eight, I, I decided, and it didn't take a lot of time, I decided I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. And my first hero in the local area was Bruce King. And I literally would call him up in the afternoon. I was probably a sixth or seventh grader, whatever it was, uh, maybe eighth, and I would call him up and I would ask, Hey Bruce, this is Matt, you know, the guy, the kid that bugs you, where are you going to be today? 
and he might say, oh, you know, I'll be over at UW talking to Don James or uh, one time Jim Owens, but talking to those guys. Uh, and then I'd tell my mom, hey, mom, can you drive me over to UW, you know, so I can watch Bruce do his thing. And, you know, remain friends with him. I don't know how much he maybe felt I was hounding him a little bit, but but he was always gracious and, and great. And I always wanted to be in sports broadcasting it just and playing sports and, and all that and, and, you know, watching on television and, and radio. Uh, to me, that that's what I wanted to pursue. You've had a great run in the, in the media industry. Bruce King was just a great guy, wasn't he? Super, super guy and never would say no, accommodating to everybody and just a character. Yeah, Quite a guy. guy. It's interesting. He went back to New York for a couple of years. We felt more comfortable in Seattle, didn't he? He, he did. In fact, uh, they, they, when he initially went back there, and of course the New York media jumped all over him like they normally do, and they said he smiled too much. And that's literally what, what they said about Bruce King. I remember running into Bruce at the Huskies Michigan Rose Bowl uh, when I was in college, actually. And he was working in New York and, and happened to uh, come out there. Uh, and my uh, sister-in-law was working with the Huskies as a fundraiser for Mike Lude. And uh, anyway, saw Bruce and he had like a Yankees uh, shirt on or whatever. But, but you know, he, you could tell he, he really missed Seattle. Met, met Bruce a couple of times. Just seemed like a great guy. Yeah. So, Matt, you've had a great run in, in the sports media industry. You've worked in many markets and you now own your own media company, what general advice do you give young people that want to break into sports media? I mean, do you, you went to a top-notch communications university program. Do you recommend that route? Try to go into, get into a top-notch communications university? Just give me your general take. What's, what usual feedback do you give to young people that want to break into yeah. your industry? First off, you, you need to have a passion for it um, because there's not a lot of money in it at first. And uh, you're going to be – I mean, the way it used to be is you, you start your way at the bottom, work your way to the top. I think sometimes now is the other way around. But uh, schooling is so important in Washington State. I, I couldn't have been more blessed with having to go to the Edward R. Murrow School. The, the, one of the reasons Washington State was so good was you literally were on the air for two years before you'd even have your internship. And so by the time, because a lot of, at least the way it used to be, a lot of schools didn't even offer that part of it. And, uh, and so by the time you're in your, on your internship, you were well-versed in a lot of different fields of broadcasting. And so I think ha- having a passion and desire for it, uh, being able to know that you're going to work hard um, and then find the right schooling, and, and also, last but not least, it's okay to get a rejection letter. I got hundreds of them. I've got a few of those in my life too, by the way, Matt. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. So it, it's don't get uh, upset if it doesn't swing your way. Keep pursuing it. Uh, gosh, I can remember literally when I was in high school, I wanted so much to be a part of broadcasting that I called Como. Obviously, they had nothing there. I'm just a high school kid. And, and asked the janitorial service at Como if I could work for them so I could get, get in the door at Como. You were a, a scrapper, weren't you? Uh, absolutely. And, yeah. and it, it didn't work out, but that's when you, and then also trying to get as much experience as possible. And even if you don't have experience at a place practicing on your own, uh, if it's sports broadcasting, you know, turning the, the volume down and sort of recreating things. Uh, 
all that is is paramount to to continuing to try to reach your goals. Great feedback. This is Paul Schneiderman, host of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with uh, Seattle area based longtime sports anchor and media owner Matt Biondi. So Matt, we're not going to get in your whole career today. We're, I want to just sort of have a fun and hit on uh, a potpourri of subjects today. So you were a sports anchor and a host of an afternoon syndicated sports program in Charlotte, North Carolina for several years. Yes. So I, I did uh, weekend sports um, for the Fox station, and then I helped host a uh, afternoon uh, sports radio show. Right. And I remember you, you and I chat about that experience a little bit years ago. And, and correct me if I have it wrong, but I think you were a pretty hard-hitting sports radio host, weren't you? <laughs> I, I was. And, it, you know, a lot of formats in, in, in sports radio are you take sort of this side and the other guy takes kind of that side. But you got to, you know, obviously believe in, in the take you're giving – it, there used to be a saying, have a take, don't suck. That was that was the saying there. And so I really enjoyed the, the radio aspect of it, not only because you were able to give your opinion, but let's say if there was a crossover to television, it would just help with your, whether it was ad-libbing or being comfortable, taking a stand on things. Now, things have changed nowadays, and, and people are literally on television giving just opinions. But uh, I think for me, uh, and radio is the first thing I did. I, I uh, was doing it over at school in the summertime. I worked at K uh, O U the UW station. K O W, right? K-O, yeah, and I was literally doing um, Husky. Uh, even though I went to Wazoo, I was doing Husky updates during um, two a days for the for the station. My point is. Radio is the foundation of, to me anyway, of any broadcasting career you take, whether it's TV or, you know, uh, talk show host or whatever you're going to do. Radio is the foundation. A lot of the media veterans say the same thing about how important radio is. So, Matt, this may be kind of a naive question. I'm still going to ask it. So does a sports radio host in a mid-level or major market doing like a drive time show, does he or she have to be pretty sarcastic and controversial to have an entertaining show? You don't. Um, like I said, different markets have different formats, formatted shows. Like here in Seattle, KJR, it's not so much about topics that much. It's it's more, you know, bringing on guests and so forth. At the station I was at in Charlotte, it was topic-oriented a little bit more. and uh, And I can recall... You know, being there, this is the early 2000s, and and that's when the Mariners were doing well, and and I mean, I they they guess what my nickname was down in Charlotte. I got to hear it. They called me the Tree Hugger, <laughs> <laughs> and so for a couple of reasons. Not only was I from Seattle, but uh, I, I was not a pro NASCAR guy, right? I mean, I mean, you can I, I love the sport. Don't get me wrong. Not a big Northwest sport, though. Correct, and and it, and it's a cool sport to cover. I, I just had a blast I with bet. it. But I wasn't going to play into sort of that southern take on things, right? Like, for instance, I was the only one who liked Jeff Gordon. And, and Gordon was, I think, from Indiana, but spent a lot of time in California. And then the Mariners were down, when the Mariners were having that 2001 season, I was down there and I was saying there's not a player in baseball that's a better five-tool baseball player than each hero. And, of course, Yankee fans transplanted down to Charlotte, 
came after me like you can't believe. But <laughs> I'm sure it was fun. I, I, I guess I was just dumb enough to stand up for myself when they'd come hey, after Hey, you had, me, a good, but, had a good run there. Yeah. So, Matt, you know, podcasts continue to grow. Uh, we have an online network here at Rainier Avenue Radio. Online radio in general seems to be growing. I read that sports radio ratings in certain pretty good-sized markets are actually pretty middle of the road. What do you see in the future with sports radio in the years to come? Do you have any observations on just 10, 20 years now what's going to happen with it? Yeah, I think as there's more live programming going on, um, whether it's you know events or or whatever might be going on locally, I think a lot of sports programs need to kind of rally around around that. I think um, I think sports talk show hosts need to uh, make sure that they are speaking their own you know mind and not maybe that of the community like being able to have a take on something and and make it interesting make it interesting for the the fan that maybe is is on the fence as a sports fan you know uh and that's that carries over to actually television too but but uh, I think those are two components of this that mm-hmm. that uh, sure. uh, you know that would be really good for sports radio. Paul Schneiderman again, host of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with my engineer today, Daniel Bellis. And I have as uh, my guest, my uh, friend now for almost a decade, longtime sports anchor and show host Matt Biondi. So Matt, real quickly, I remember you know we're talking about controversial shows. Howard Stern said something recently. Stern said he has some regrets with his sarcastic and hard-hitting radio approach that he had years ago. Do you have any regrets at all? <laughs> you know, that's funny you say that. Okay. It uh, doesn't always a good story start off with funny you say that. Right, right. Uh, Tony Hawk, wasn't that the, uh, the uh, skateboarding guy? Was it Tony Hawk was the name of it? Anyway, he, he was... In the early 2000s, like the Michael Jordan of skateboarding. And <laughs> so he came on the, the radio in Charlotte and uh, promoting something. And, and I, I, like, back in the day, you looked at skateboarding as kids that are lazy and just wanted to goof around and, and maybe not be as focused in school. That was sort of what you sort of took from that. Stereotypical, right? Uh, now they could be four point students. I don't. I don't know. But at the time, it was sort of that sport was trying to kind of grow into more than it was. And of course, now it's a big thing with the Olympics and and ESPN shows and all that sort of thing. So I just took the. I just want to know from Tony, like, you know, let let's talk about. Uh, you know, an element of the population that thinks that skateboarding kids mm-hmm. are majority of them are lazy. You know, and so we, so it got a little bit heated in, in that. Um, I think some mothers of skateboarding kids were upset at me, but then there was a uh, people that called in say that the guy's spot on with it. So, but I think if you if I have any regrets, I I think I probably went after him a little bit too hard. Well, and I don't think what you did was quite as hardcore as Howard Stern's. No, <laughs> you know, I don't confront yeah. Beyondy to yeah, Stern. You know, consistently like, G-rated sports. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. That's that's interesting. That your kind of regret that you brought up. I was just kind of curious. Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, Matt, you know, you we're not going to talk about sports. And one part of your biography, and I know you post on Facebook, and you've you've been a single dad for many years, and you raised two lovely daughters, and. 
I got kind of a – I don't have any kids of my own. What do I know? But what advice can you give single fathers with a daughter or daughters? That, that's, that's a dynamic, isn't it? It really is. And thank you for bringing that up. I'm you know, so blessed to have my two. And I uh, – in terms of how I've raised them and the focus of that is you know, I want to thank my mom and dad for how they helped me previous to that. Um, I think with raising daughters uh, as a guy, um, you need to sort of have a third ear in, in terms of listening to your kids, uh, not overreacting to things. Regardless of the situation, at the end of the day, they know that you love them unconditionally and that you, they get, you have their back and, and you're going to be in their corner. There's going to be ups and downs, oh my goodness, with having girls and the, the emotion of that. Um, but to me anyway, uh, you know, at the end of the day, when they're younger, whether you kiss them goodnight or whatever the case, to, for them to know they're loved at the end of the day, that's, that's huge. And, and to me, that, that's as difficult as it did get, um, you know, I... I wouldn't handle it any differently because I know I spoke with my heart, right? With your kids, you speak with your heart. Very compelling. And, and Very compelling. that was a, a big deal. And, and I hear that from some, some grown women and young girls over the years. They don't feel they communicate very well with their dads. And you just – I hear that sentiment a lot. But you obviously – with your kids. Well, that, that's, you know, that's true in a sense. But I've, I've had some, you know, some sort of issues, some issues with my younger with – to your point with, you know, communicating, right, being on their level to communicate. And I've had to kind of learn on the fly a little bit myself. Well, you've done a great job. You know, two, Thanks. two lovely you. girls. I've enjoyed meeting them a couple of times. Paul Schneiderman again of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with uh, Matt Biondi. So, Matt, you worked in Philadelphia, I believe, from 03 through 2008, and you covered the Phillies, the Flyers, the Eagles, and the 76ers. Tell us a little bit, a little bit about Philadelphia as a sports city, and it, it's just night and day from Seattle as a sports city, isn't it? It, it really is, and I, and I I can't tell you how much of a good time I had there. And sort of to bring it into Seattle terms, covering Philadelphia sports every day was like there was an apple cup every day. That was the intensity because what you're dealing with that you don't deal with quite as much here is you're dealing with generations of fans. Father, grandfather, son, you know, grandson. And so it's, it's part of their passion, part of their, uh, the pulse of who they're all about is their city and their sports. And so to be a part of that as a sports reporter anchor, you knew you had to step up every day for starters like you would anyway. Oh, I bet. Um, but you knew you were going to be accountable and, and also that, uh, you know, win or lose – you know, you weren't going to pull any punches with anybody. You were going to focus on exactly your job. Are, are the Philly sports fans really as hardcore as they're made out to be, Matt? Paul, they are, actually. Uh, and and I, I can remember, you know, when the, uh, when the Red Sox would come down for an interleague, you know, Red Sox Nation, and I just remember the kind of the wars between the two cities. And then when the, the thing about Philly fans – uh, all the sports, but primarily baseball is if the, the kind the, someone might be batting 210 uh, and have a couple of errors, but if he's busting his butt 
that makes up for a lot of it. They like hustle, those they, Philly they fans. They love hustle. That's why they like Larry Boa, who was out here as a coach. Um, when he was in you know, uh, Philadelphia, they loved the way his team was playing because he didn't put up with anything but, but hustle and, and uh, grit. Total hustle. So I think you shared with me recently, Matt, that you were interviewed by a Philadelphia sports historian. Tell us about that. Yeah, it was about a month ago. He uh, called up. He's writing a book uh, back in Philly and wanted to talk to some sports broadcasters and others about just the history of uh, broadcasting in Philadelphia. And so it was fun because he, you know, there's not too many people from the Northwest that end up working in Philadelphia. And Gosh, I gave him a bunch of fun stories that uh, that I was privileged to be a part of. Is yeah. this going to be a book? It is. Yeah, it is. Right. It's it's probably in a year or two. Well, um, let me know when it's published. I'd love to see. Love to read the book and see your contribution. Yeah, no, book. and, and, and be just because this, uh, you know, don't get me going. But the, some of the stories are just you know that that you experience back there. And you know the thing about it, real quick, is when you're in the heat of the battle. Uh, as a sports reporter, um, broadcaster, you're only focused on your next task and your next day. It's only years later, like you can sit back and kind of reflect on maybe what you've done and, you know, and kind of pat yourself on the back and say, you know, I, I, I think I made a difference with, with, in well, some people's had, lives. You've so. had a run in so many different markets. You've been in small markets, medium markets, some mm-hmm. really large U.S. markets. So you, you definitely have a broad perspective uh, Paul Schneiderman, again, hosts the Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Area with Matt Biondi. All right, you've, you've probably got a couple of these questions before. But this is the fun part of interviewing. You know, you ask a question, you see where it goes. Um, if you had to pick one team you've covered in all your years in sports media, whether it's a high school team, college, pro, Olympic, whatever, it could be a Little League team. Was there a particular team that really stood out that you covered? Man, there's been a lot. The, when I was in Milwaukee covering the Packers, uh, when they went to the Super Bowl, um, Different uh, Jerry Tarkanian in, in Fresno uh, at Fresno State. That was just like being in a circus. <laughs> there is uh, so many. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Uh, Saint Joseph's uh, uh, was a basket away from going to the Final Four um, in 2003 or four, whenever it was. They had Jameer Nelson was their top player, and they were like 35 and 0. At the time, anyway, we covered them all year, and they weren't even expected to finish in the middle of their conference. Phil Martelli was the head coach. St. Joe's goes all the way to the regional finals and got beat uh, by Oklahoma State um, in the last 30 seconds. You talk about riding a team for, for you know, covering them on each stop in the NC2As and throughout the season when nobody thought they would do anything and a bunch of you know, for the most part, nobody's playing on their team, and and Philly's got this thing the the uh, top, you know six D one schools, and so you know Villanova normally gets a lot of the exposure in Temple, and but this year that that year it was St. Joe's. They get to the regional final, and my gosh, they broke our hearts with losing in the last. 30 seconds, or they would have gone to the final four. So St. Joe's University in Philly was one of your favorite teams you've covered. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But because of the the coach, the players, the fans, it just wasn't the biggest team. It wasn't wasn't pros, but uh, it it just was one of my favorites. And Matt, by the way, I love underrated sports stories. You just shared a fun Mm -hmm. kind of underrated sports story. The other underrated one real quick was it wasn't a team but a horse. 
So oh. uh, I, I covered Smarty Jones was a uh, uh, a Philly horse um, uh, from the city, and I don't know if you recall Smarty Jones, but it, but uh, Smarty Jones won the Kentucky Derby, and then we followed him to uh, Pimlico in Baltimore, and he, and he won the Preakness, and it was Philly hadn't had a uh, winner since I think the Seventy Sixers in '83. They had lost with the Eagles, uh, uh, you know, Phillies. And finally, a horse is going to win them a championship, right? So we get to the Belmont, 105,000 people in that old barn. And here comes Smarty Jones around the final turn to win the Triple Crown. It hadn't been done since 78 or whatever. And this 35-to-1 shot comes up and passes Smarty Jones because that Belmont's the longest race, uh, uh, that there is, um, and and passes Smarty Jones, and it's another knockout to the Philly sports fans. That's a great, you know. It's it's. I didn't see a horse <laughs> answer coming. I, I love it. I love it. To one of some of your best teams you've covered, I, I love it. Real, real quickly, I know you've interviewed a lot of high profile sports figures. Any, any interview you pulled off that you're really proud of, it can even be a non celebrity. Was any one interview you did that just like that made you feel very like pumped up and inspired? Well, that's a great question. Uh, Jack Nicholas, I got to talk to him at Pebble Beach uh, uh, one time. Uh, Joe Pesci got to talk to him about his golf game in Tahoe. Uh, you know, uh, Brett Favre was one of my favorites to cover. The guy was a total joker. Um, they really have the list the, goes on. It, it, yeah, it, it really does, and, and you can talk about. Uh, you know, covering high school sports and some of the, you know, fun interviews with, with kids that have overcome op- obstacles and challenges. So, yeah, really, really So many there. stories in sports. That, that's one, one great thing about it. Well, Matt, we're getting a lot closer to winding down. I can't believe how time goes, but I hope to get you back one day. We'll talk more. And I know you have a great media company going on right now, Beyond Media. What's in the future for Matt Beyondy? Well, it's it's more of the focus on the company. We 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 build websites and, and do really solid SEO and social media and video for small business. Very affordable pricing. So I'm, I, I work hard on that. I do a little bit of stuff with Seahawks during the uh, football season, especially when some of the visiting teams come in. Um, a little reporting, uh, but that's just, you know, on the side. But more focus on, the you know, on, on business every day, breathing this great Northwest air and, and being being blessed with my two daughters. Matt, thank you so much for coming on Sports and Stuff. Really enjoyed it. I know you and I will be in regular touch. Sounds great. Thanks, Matt.